You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. In just a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by a local lady. Her name is Leanne Welsh, and she is the president of AV and COO of Corman Communities, which is a fourth-generation real estate company uh, who pioneered the furnished apartment concept. So we're going to be talking a lot about real estate and development and kind of where the future is um, for uh, young people and adults in transition. Uh, Be sure to stay with us during the breaks to hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors from Jefferson University Hospital, Tivity Health, Pathways Consulting, Fortis Wealth, and Hanadi Shahabuddin. And uh, be sure, if you miss any of the shows during the week, you can visit our website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, to listen to the podcast. And be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can check out our digital spotlights there, our Girls to Watch blog, and our amazing lineup of guests scheduled through, I believe, April right now. We have a really great lineup. So now I'm really honored and excited to have with me Leanne Welsh, again, president of AV and COO of Corman Communities. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's an honor for me to be here, Susan, as well. Thank you. I, uh, I'm excited for a number of reasons. I think we have um, some similar interests. We both are from the Philadelphia area. We love sports. Um, And I really am interested recently in kind of where not only um, not only the influx of women leadership in the um, industry of real estate, but where the future is going. And you have an interesting story in that you have been with Corman for quite a long time. Um, started out right out of uh, school, right out of LaSalle. That is correct, and in worked, 1992. Yeah, and worked your way right up the ladder. So that's a good story, and, and um, I'm looking for your advice on how you did that. So, But let's start with your upbringing and uh, a little bit about your background and how your dad in particular, I think, was a, a big influence in your life. He was absolutely very influ- influential. It's it's really interesting. In, I grew up in Philadelphia. I was born and raised in Philadelphia. grew up in Roxburgh. When I was a sophomore, we moved in sophomore in high school, we moved to Bluebell. And 
I watched my dad work very, very hard. And growing up in Roxburgh, there was just such a close-knit family, a close-knit community. And I think that truly has helped me with my career, helped me with the overall development of where I am today. And when I think about the days, I remember the Broad Street Bullies. I remember back in 1994 when the Flyers won the Stanley Cup, there was that parade. And I remember being part of it, living in Roxburgh. Did you do so, run out with the pots and pans Absolutely. In the yeah. I was very young, but I absolutely <laughs> remember that. Yes. And I still, you know, to this day, have such fondness. And, you know, obviously hockey's changed. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're born in Philadelphia. You're bred in Philadelphia. You bleed green. You're, you know, yeah. diehard Flyers, Phillies, Sixers fan. Yeah, love it. You know what? What are you? I'm going to kind of skip ahead. Um, when we talk about sports and athletics, I think it's such a great experience for young girls. Do you, did, first of all, were you involved in sports? I when did you were in to school? a to a very small degree. My father did want me, my sister, and I to play sports, and at that point, it wasn't that popular for back in the late 70s, early 80s for girls to play sports. But I did play field hockey in high school. I played basketball, but it was not a focus. And I'm so proud that I've got seven nieces and nephews, of which three are girls, and all three of them play multiple different sports, from field hockey to lacrosse to soccer and basketball. And I love watching them. I love the determination. It teaches them about teamwork, working with others, and about the fact that you have to show up and work hard, which I think matters so much in everything that you do, no matter what profession or career path that you choose. Right. So yeah, this, I see the skills that mm-hmm. they're developing of you know, working with others and, and the teamwork. And I think that they're life lessons that you that are so valuable. Yeah. And confidence builders. Without a doubt. Right. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, you said that um, growing up, you were in and out of a lot of hotels. So yes. tell us about dad's travels yeah. and, and, you know, how, how that kind of ties to what you're doing today. It's, 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 it's really ironic. So my father traveled for business. He actually, his headquarters of his, com- of his company were in Dallas, Texas. And he would travel to Dallas Sunday night, Monday morning, fly home Thursday night or Friday and he was a road warrior. He was a VP of sales, so he traveled. You know, he was in you know, at Microsoft. He was he was doing he was flying across the country and to Europe as well. So he was always on the road. But the one thing about him, he always made time for his family. Both of my brothers, they're younger, and they played baseball. In they played baseball their whole lives, and they at a high level in college as well. And he would fly home to make a Wednesday afternoon game Mm. and then get back on a plane and fly to wherever his appointment was on Thursday morning. And that taught the value of family, but also, too, like the hard work. So because he was always traveling, my family would go away for spring break, for Thanksgiving. And I used to love checking in and out of hotels. My sister and I used to just thoroughly enjoy it. And it was always exciting where we were going. We went to San Diego or Palm Springs or different destinations. I remember we went to... Um, Jacksonville, and we. My dad was a big golfer, and my brothers were younger at the time. And we went and checked into uh, Sawgrass, where which is where they play one of the tournaments today. And I just will never forget those experiences. And ironically, when I finished LaSalle, and I was an accounting major, and I loved numbers and fi- and and financial and business, my business classes. But at the end of the day, being an accountant just wasn't something that I, I felt wasn't was, as adventurous. Right. It was not exciting <laughs> it just at wasn't all. But I enjoyed yeah. the classes. I enjoyed the financial an- analysis. But I knew I was a people person. So and it's actually a funny story. I wanted to go to Europe with my best friend who played lacrosse for Trenton State. So she was a D2 lacrosse player. And she was she was fantastic. I remember going to see her play. Um, and she, her 
some of her teammates were going to Europe. And I remember coming home to my father and saying, I'm going to go to Europe with Lynn and her lacrosse team. It's like, you're going to get a job. And I said, all right, I will get a job. I had a In job order for, to go? Yes, yeah. but not to go. He's like, you're not. He's like, you need to get. He's like, you need to get a job and start your career. You can go to Europe later. So I, because I was very confident and said, I can do this myself and independent. I can do this myself. I'll get a job for the summer. But I worked from the time I was 13 years old. Mm. That is something that my father, my parents taught me, that I was 13 years old in a bakery in Roxburgh, Iceland's Pastry Shop, every Saturday and Sunday morning at 6 a.m. and one afternoon after school. And that's something that truly showed me about hard work because Mr. Iceland, he was very tough but a wonderful man. And he expected that when, his, when he had you there and it was your shift, that you were working from start to finish. Even if there was not a customer, you had to do your side work. So that's something that truly taught me the value of hard work. And he set high expectations that you know all of us had to live up to. Yeah. So it was a wonderful lesson. Yeah. Lisa, we're going to go into our first break. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your beginnings at Corman. And there's a great little story I want to share. Stay with us as we go into the break for Dawn Zier of Tivity Health for our CEO Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. CEO Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier here with today's CEO Watch. Today, I want to talk about how important it is to have a learning mindset. Anyone on my team will tell you that I'm a forever student and approach everything I do with a learning mindset. When I became the CEO of Nutrisystem, I had to learn about the weight loss industry and get to know it inside out. While I was an expert at direct-to-consumer marketing, I had to understand the new company and industry I was in and set forth a strategy for growth. I dove in headfirst, meeting with as many people as I could. From the contact center to the supply chain, there was no area of the business that I left untouched. I also studied the history and the current landscape of the industry and compared and contrasted ourselves with the competition. Over the last few years, I've joined boards across different industries, specifically within the airline, healthcare, and organic food space. These provided new avenues of learning, similar and disparate experiences to connect learning dots across the board. This cross-learning has served me well as both an executive and a director. And just this summer, I attended a four-day intensive course at Harvard on how to make corporate boards more effective. To be back in an academic environment and away from my day-to-day job opened my mind to a new level of creativity and engagement. You'd be amazed what you bring back from these experiences that can positively impact what you do on a daily basis. While this may sound like a lot, the truth is, the more you're willing to learn, the more you're setting yourself and your team up for success. It's also critical to empower your team to continue learning as well. Encourage them to attend conferences, be avid readers, take online courses, or even shadow a colleague on a different team to learn another side of the business. Remember, learning is a choice, and you are the primary driver of your own growth and development. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Zier here for CEO Watch. Have a great week. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. 
In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thanks for being with us. I'm joined by Leanne Welsh this evening, the president of AV and the COO of Corman Communities. And um, I want to talk a little, I want to go back to the beginning for you. I think it, you know, you painted a nice picture of um, mom and dad instilling hard work, mm-hmm. going off to LaSalle, majoring in accounting, realizing that's not <laughs> a lot of fun. That was not my dream. <laughs> I, I, sorry to the accountants out there. Yeah. We need those people. Um, but let's talk about how you came to to find that uh, that first job in the interview. And So it's that, it, I, I, I smile when I think about this. So... I've worked from the time I was 13, had various jobs. I was a waitress. I worked at Macy's, um, worked at a bakery. I was actually a roller skating waitress in one summer get in college, out. which is oh a whole other story, but we'll, we can maybe get to that <laughs> later. And I did not, I was going to study to take um, my CPA. And that was not, again, something I really felt in my heart that I wanted to do. So I thought, what could I do? What would I like to do this summer? So since I traveled, so my father traveled for business and my family traveled with him quite often, I said, I can work in a hotel this summer. That would be something that I will enjoy. I can see myself as at the front desk or doing Talking something. With to the, exactly. Yes. So I opened up the phone book under hotels and I was in my parents' house in Bluebell, opened up and I called the Sheraton and Valley Forge, the Holiday Inn and Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. And then I called Corman Suites in Bluebell, which was called Meadowick at that point. And when the hotel said, fax your resume or come drop your resume off to human resources, think about how far we've come since those days of faxing or dropping off. Right. And I spoke to somebody at our Bluebell property, and they said, we're actually looking to hire somebody for the summer to help with with accounts payable and work the weekends at the front desk. Do you want to come over right now? And I said, absolutely. So I actually did not have a suit at this point in time because I did not start to interview. So I went to my mom's closet and grabbed a skirt and a blouse, and I jumped in my car, and I went over to Bluebell. Well, talked to them for half an hour or so, and they said, can you start on Saturday? I said, I absolutely can. So with that, we have image image guidelines for how we look because we are in front of our clients, our residents. So a level of professionalism. Uh, So we had to have a blue suit. So I remember going home and telling my mom, I need a blue suit. So we went to the mall and got me a blue suit, and the rest is history. Even for a summer job. It's Correct. Exactly. Good. It, it, yes. Whether you worked on weekends or it was a full-time career in any of the different uh, positions, it was, there was image requirements because, again, our level of professionalism. So the rest is history. The rest is history. And um, I wanted to mention, you're the oldest of four. I am the So oldest. I think that um, I often see that women who are the oldest in a family, you know, by nature— um, they are leading because they're kind of helping at home with the younger ones. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about where in in your industry, um, there's a lot of innovation around community living and lifestyle. And we're seeing young people not really wanting the single family home, you know, living older people like ourselves thinking, gosh, maybe it would be simpler and our lives would be easier to downsize and live somewhere where we don't have all of the management of a home. And so I really wanted to ask you first, 
where do you see the future of this kind of living? I mean, is it really going to take over and are we going to have a lot of big single homes sitting on, you know, sitting for sale? I don't believe that. I But I do believe that what Corman communities, what Stephen Corman pioneered in the late 60s, the furnished apartment, the flexible stay furnished apartment, that we were innovators ahead of our time. And how people view how they want to live, what they want to own, how they want to get around, you know, from a car ownership, that it's so different now with the technology that we have. You know, everybody's in their hand can do almost anything with whatever device they have. Mm -hmm. And people are looking for flexibility. People are looking for a lifestyle. I believe that there's not one size that fits all in anything that we do or any any anything that we can purchase that there still will be the families that need single family homes but we're seeing in different age categories from the millennials to the generation x to the baby boomers that people are looking for flexibility there will still be that need for the single family home but there's so many individuals and families and couples that truly want a different lifestyle so Corman Community specializes in unfurnished apartment rentals, and we specialize and we pioneered the furnished flexible stay suite co- apartment. And we're seeing the we're seeing the our ideal prospects shift. We are seeing so many people who are baby boomers, who are empty nesters, that are choosing to sell their homes, and they want flexible living. They want to be taken care of. They want to and convenience. Part- yes, right? they convenience. want to participate in events where they can be with similar people um, or not even similar people, people from different age groups and, and participate in different events. And we have such a strong focus. Corman Communities really pioneered the hospitality component in apartment living. Back when I started in 1992, we were doing resident events, resident functions, serving coffee, serve, you know, having dinners for our residents, doing bus trips to baseball games and shopping around the holiday season to really create that sense of community and foster that sense of community and build relationships so people felt like they were at home, even if they were just renting or transient, staying for a few months while someone was moving to the area or in between homes. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is just so ingrained in our culture and our history and, and what we do. And now the hospitality component in apartment living is becoming more mainstream. And we really did pioneer that in the 70s and 80s and 90s when I started. Yeah. I want to uh, talk about the 90s because yeah. um, we'll, we'll pick it up when we uh, come back from the break. I, I wanted to ask you about what it was that Corman saw in you and why they asked you to head up a new rental community when you had really no experience. Stay with us for Dr. Marianne Ritchie for our Health Watch and Terry and Maggie for Finance. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. About 30% of Americans today have a condition called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or liver damage that's not from drinking excess alcohol. Increased numbers seem to parallel the national rise in obesity. Liver takes up and stores excess fat in your blood to clear these toxins from circulation. In some cases, fat causes inflammation and even liver cell death. Then, healthy liver has scar tissue, often stiff in nature. Decreased liver function can lead to cirrhosis. Early stages can exist for years without symptoms, but that's when you should act while it's still reversible. Waiting can end in liver failure or even cancer. In fact, by the year 2020, studies suggest that fatty liver will be the number one cause for liver transplant. 
but with no symptoms, how do you know it's there? Well, get a yearly physical. It may show up in routine blood tests, or maybe your liver will be a bit enlarged on exam. We used to perform a liver biopsy to make the diagnosis. Now there's a special ultrasound, FibroScan, that measures stiffness. At Jefferson GI, we have outstanding liver specialists. Dr. Dina Halego de Marzio, you can call her Dr. Dina, is a stellar professor running multiple studies. A newer technique we have is MR elastography, checks for scarring as well as cancer, and in time this non-invasive test may replace liver biopsy. Risk factors, obesity, type 2 diabetes, abnormal lipids, and some drugs. More common in Hispanic people and more in women than men, so maybe genetics play a role. Treatment? Small changes make a big impact. Lose about 10% of your weight. Don't eliminate good fat. Instead, skip processed carbs and sugars, the real enemies of the liver. Eliminate alcohol, exercise, vitamin A, drinking coffee, and certain diabetic meds are being studied. So divas, come to Dr. Dina at Jefferson for help with fatty liver. And cut out carbs and sugar, because you're already sweet. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch Finance Watch. Hi, this is Maggie, and I'm from Fortis Wealth. Today, we're joined by Jennifer Fields, who is a certified public accountant and the director of tax at Fortis Wealth. We have some questions for her about year-end tax planning. Welcome to Women to Watch, Jen. Thanks for having me, Maggie. So our first question comes from a Women to Watch friend, and she says, I inherited a regular IRA and a Roth IRA from my dad, and I'm well below retirement age. Do I have to take money out of both of them before year-end? The answer is yes. Even though you are not of retirement age, the IRS requires that most owners of traditional IRAs withdraw part of their tax-deferred savings each year, starting at age 70 and a half or after inheriting an IRA account. That withdrawal is known as a Required Minimum Distribution, or RMD. Since the IRA belonged to your father, you are a non-spouse beneficiary and are therefore required to begin taking RMDs for his traditional IRA by year-end if he died before taking the distribution himself. Roth IRA owners do not need to take RMDs during their lifetimes. However, beneficiaries who inherit Roths must take them. We recommend that you consult with your tax advisor regarding your individual situation. So we find that many people don't understand that earned income and investment income can be taxed at different rates. So in general, earned income is compensation that you get from working, while investment income describes returns you receive on savings and other assets. 
Earned income is taxed at ordinary income tax rates, which range from 10 to 37 percent. The tax rates on investment income vary depending on the classification of income, the main types being interest, dividends, and capital gains. Interest income and short-term capital gains are generally taxed at ordinary income rates, while qualified dividends and long-term capital gains are taxed at preferential rates ranging from 0 to 20%. One other thing to keep in mind is that you may also be subject to the net investment income tax of 3.8% on certain types of investment income, depending on your modified adjusted gross income. Thanks so much, Jen. I appreciate that. This is Maggie, and on behalf of Terry, peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Leanne, before the break, we were, you know, talking about the company itself, and I want to go back and talk more about you and really kind of um, figure out what it was about you that has allowed you to continue to rise in the same company for so many years. And back in 1998... the powers that be at Corman asked you to go and head um, a new community, a new rental community in, in Delaware. Yes, am I in right? Bear, De- in Christiana, Delaware. Yeah. Yes, we were so building from the ground up. You did not have really the experience yet to do that, but they sent you there anyway. So, what was it about you? What do you think they saw in you? that um, gave them that confidence that you could do that? Well, at that point, six years, about six years into my career, I already had the opportunity. When I first started, I was part-time guest services, and I became assistant manager, operations manager, general manager of my own community within the first 20 months, almost a little less than two years. Then became a regional director, Um, went down to Philadelphia to open up one of our communities on Rittenhouse Square, and worked on that renovation. So I did have some experience, but I never had experience doing a lease up where we were building from the ground up and creating in a new market in Delaware. I was going to say, was this the first market outside of of Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yes, it was. Okay. uh, For Corman Communities. Mm -hmm. And I I truly believe it was Larry Corman. I worked very closely with Larry Corman at that point. And we worked together and we would talk about sales and marketing and operations and our presentation means so much to us, um, what our communities look like and feel like, the level of, of the level of the resident experience is important to us. We want to create raving residents at all of our communities. So in just having the conversations and knowing this was going to be ground up construction, it was going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of hours and, and dedication. It was just I, I really believe that they knew that I would do anything that it took to make us successful. So, Can I ask you, at back then, yes. at that time, what was, maybe you don't know the ratio, but how many women were working for and with Corman oh, gosh. as opposed to today? Oh, I don't know the exact were number. Were you one of few? Did you find you were one of few women in the room? Um, from a meeting with partners, absolutely. I was the only, in early, early in my career, I was the only woman sitting at the table in budget meetings and, and monthly review meetings. And one of the things that I realized early on is that the Corman family, they are so inclusive and they are so the entrepreneurial environment where they want you to make decisions. You have to have a good business case, but they encourage you to make decisions. And the only bad decision is not making a decision. And that comes from Stephen Corman and Brad and Larry Corman, that that empowerment. So I felt that from the day that I started, the day that I walked into the Corman Communities in Bluebell. They wanted that to that hear positive, what you had to say. Exactly. That yeah, positive environment. Awesome. And they listened and they said, well, try it. And But the one thing that Stephen always said is that if you try and it doesn't work, you have to admit it and you have to correct it. And and that's we encourage that because you learn from things that don't go right. right. Also, yes. you also learn from things that do go well and you want to do more of those. Yeah. 
So I really believe that in 1998, when I remember driving down 95, and I had a little experience in Delaware because my sister went to University of Delaware. So I would drive down and pick her up on Fridays and maybe take her home back to her dorm on Sunday. So I knew a little bit about, I knew how to get to Delaware, (laughs) basically. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I remember driving down, and this was, you know, before cell phones, before, you know, just instant community, your ability to communicate quickly. I remember driving down and standing in this field and there were some bulldozers and they're doing the site work and the construction trailer. I remember standing there and being like, oh, my goodness. OK, we're going to have 274 one and two bedroom apartments. And I, number one, have to I started thinking the over overwhelming amount of responsibility, number one. And I feel like I, I never want to let the Cormans down. I never wanted to let my father down like that overwhelming sense of responsibility to always want to not people please that's not it but always wanting to do the right thing and exceed expectations that's just something that is in me that i i i, I, I play was, to win it's interesting like, i want to i play to you, win yeah what yeah. what drives you yeah. that's always one of my qu- what is, is it. it that's driving yeah. you so is it the excitement of the challenge it is it is absolutely it? is yeah. i and that's actually i've been very lucky in my career when when i tell people that i have been with corman community for 27 years and everybody's like wow that's a really long time i said but all 27 years have been different I've been given the opportunity, and a lot of our team members have been given the opportunity to be able to advance and grow because we are a growing company. We continue to grow. We've doubled in size in the last four or five years, and we want to double in size moving forward. So with that, there's a lot of opportunity for people who do work hard. So when we're recruiting and we've got a director of talent acquisition that does such an amazing job, and she started out as an executive assistant. And got her some more training and education. And she now represents us so well in the area of our talent development, of understanding who within our teams wants to grow and what track do we need to get them on? Reinforcement, additional education, training. Who do we need to partner them with from a mentorship perspective? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really excellent. important yeah, to us. Yeah, that's support. Yeah. Tell me, what do you think is is at the core of women's um, – hesitation to reach higher? You know, that's really an interesting question. I I do think that you've got a head trash. You've got self-limiting thoughts in your head that you don't feel like you have the experience or you don't feel like it's, if I try, it's probably not going to work. Like it really is that negative talk that you have to eliminate. And if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. So how do you, um, you exude confidence Uh and you um, love your work. Um, and you've been successful. What's hard for you? What can you share that has been a personal challenge for you that in spite of that, you still manage to move forward? And I'm probably not going to answer your question exactly the way you asked it. But what my biggest struggle is, is, is dealing with situations I don't have the ultimate control. Like that frustrates me when there's something that I see happening that I know that it, it, I have to work through different channels to get fixed. Like I like to just roll up my sleeves and and make things happen. And the one thing that I've learned over the last probably 10, 15 years is that you have to stop and think before just acting. But yet you have to act quickly at times as well. So I know that sounds like a conflict a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you need to be thoughtful, but yet you need to be aggressive. So I think one of my biggest, on a daily basis, 
you know, just I want to show up and I want to make a difference. And the biggest issue is you don't have enough time in the day. You can't do it all. I mean, right. you cannot do it all. So how do you prioritize? And their priorities shift and change every day, every week. So that's yeah. a challenge. Listen, we're going to go into our last break. Stay with us for Mary Manzo for our Tech Watch and Hanadi Shahabuddin for Diversity. This is the Women to Watch. Diversity Watch. Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all. This is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. Have you come across those ads featuring entrepreneurs showing off their cars, houses, and other belongings to prove their success and promote their products? Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house or a beautiful car, but to use that as a way to drag people into an illusionary world of opportunity is just not right. The sad thing is that people fall for it. We all want a comfortable life, and these messages affect us. So what are we talking about here? Having a happy life has nothing to do with money. In fact, happiness has little to do with money. Money is merely means to own more things that you may or may not need. There is no need to define one's own worth by what they own. And it's absolutely absurd to think that someone is relevant simply because they have a lot of money. Showing off and boasting about materialistic things is not an Islamic thing to do. Dignified living is manifested by being a dignified human being, someone who's not swaying in their stance depending on their interests, but rather someone who's clear on their ethics in dealing with people. True heroes of our time are people who stood firm in the face of challenges. People like Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Malala, and many others are perfect examples for true inspiration. Practicing Muslims refer back to God and to the actions that please God in seeking that validation and dignity. The teachings point out specifically to the good words we speak and the acts of kindness we initiate. Those make someone valuable. Today's prophetic ethic is enjoying the earthly blessings without showing off or using it as a way to elevate yourself above others. A person who's kind in words and action is indeed a gem of a person in the eyes of the people that surround them. For more ethics that Muslims believe in, visit HanadiSpeaksOut.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives. And her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. While seniors continue to feel frustrated with their lack of understanding and utilization of technology, their screen time through TV, laptops, tablets, and smartphones has increased to over four hours a day. Many individuals, 65 years and up, have made considerable purchases in tech devices, but the challenge doesn't come with owning them, it comes with adopting them into their everyday life. Have you ever seen a 12-year-old assisting their 70-year-old grandmother work the remote control or show her how to navigate to Netflix? At times, even I have a hard time trying to find my way around the many buttons of the remote. Because many companies have taken a top-down approach to technology, they've struggled to market their platforms and apps to adults 65 and over. More times than not, it's because this age group is not included at the time of design and testing before the technologies go to market. The world's 65-plus population is hitting a historical high of over 6 million people, 
and it's projected to hit a full billion by 2030. With these projections, technology companies have an incredible opportunity to get creative with specific designs and products for older adults. Things they need to take into consideration are their physical and mental characteristics of the aging. Did you ever wonder why it's so difficult for someone older to swipe a phone? It's because hand-to-eye coordination diminishes, making it a challenge. Therefore, a considerable amount of research will need to go into the design of technology. Many companies are placing a lot of focus on the aging-in-place technologies. I feel there's a missed opportunity for the everyday devices that shouldn't need an instruction manual, are secure and easy to use for the older adult, giving them an alternative to what might seem so complex. I'd love to hear your opinion on this topic. Email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This evening, I'm speaking with Leanne Welsh, the president of AV and the COO of Corman Communities, which is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated real estate company. Um, I'm always very excited to see women killing it in real estate and development. Um, it's it's such a great industry. And um, I want to talk about some of the charitable work that the, the family and the company has done forever since since the beginning and what some of the um, organizations are that you're involved with one ca- career wardrobe which is such a great smart simple way to help women and uh, tell tell for the listeners who are not familiar with it what they do and what it is but I also want to know is what can we do outside of providing women with work clothing business attire I'll say um, to give them a leg up how else can we ha- help them get back into the workforce and have that confidence? Uh, the charitable initiatives that Corman Communities and the Corman family and our teams participate in really make me so proud. It's one of those um, intangible parts of our company that truly, I think, make us special. And our relationship with Career Wardrobe uh, has been many years, quite a few years. And how it started was we all have clothes in our closet. I remember one rainy weekend cleaning out my closet and thinking about what am I going to do with all these suits that I don't wear? So at that point, I think it was wings for success. Do you still have that first blue suit, by the way? I do. No, I do not. I wish I did. I wish I did. (laughs) I would frame it. Exactly. in a frame. Gosh, it it is. Hopefully someone is wearing it at this point in time because blue suits are classic. They're timeless. They They are out of style. Um, But in thinking about this and then in talking to some of our, our team members about what can we do to make a difference in our communities? And the fact that I was putting bags of clothes, uh, clothes in bags and, and putting, give, sending them to Goodwill, I thought there were so many people that could use these suits. So I, at that point, I actually got online and, and I, I looked for how to donate professional attire and Wings for Success came up and I t- called them and it was and it was challenging. There's only certain times that you can deliver. So we expand a little bit further. I talked to um, somebody on our marketing team and we went and we found Career Wardrobe. And we called and spoke with Sherry Cole, who is the executive director, who is one of the most wonderful women ever. When you talk she to is, her, her energy yes. level, her enthusiasm, how her she sincerity cares and what she's so doing. much, yes. it was a natural fit for us. Great. So not only did we ask our, our, our team members to go through their closets and, and donate, we decided that we had a population at our fingertips that we could engage. Mm. So we decided to um, have clothing drives. And then we decided to take the clothing drives and turn it into resident events where we had our residents donate. 
And then we opened it up to the general public. So we've obviously, for our business, have Facebook and Instagram accounts. So we've had our resident reps who manage those channels to to engage with the local communities, had people who were just showing up at our Malvern location, dropping off bags of clothes that never lived with us, that you know uh, own homes you know up and down Lancaster Avenue, and just came to donate. So we realized that that was so powerful for mm. us. And in addition to just the articles of clothing, we do donate, we do participate in all of their um, large fundraisers. So, and Tuesday, it's Hope's Night Out. So, I, I the last three years, I've been considering myself very lucky to be able to have walked a recipient of a wardrobe and career advice. So, not only does career wardrobe basically provide the attire for women to get back into the workforce, but also to the, the skills needed. How do you fill out, how do you form a, create a resume? How do you fill out an application? How do you interview? Something as simple and second nature to so many people as walking into an interview and looking the person who's going to interview you in the eye and shaking their hand. And how do you present yourselves? Those skills that that not everybody, is, is, that's natural to. They grow teach up that. With. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They teach that. So those are just the <clears throat> basics. And just being down in their facility in Philadelphia and watching people come through and talking to the, the counselors that actually help these women. It really is life changing. I remember the first night that I did it, um, gosh, three years ago, the woman that I walked out to be able to walk down the runway because it's a fa- it's a fashion show and a fundraiser. And listening to her story was her husband passed away when she was young. And had two little kids that she raised. And now one is a zoologist in the zoo in Nashville. And the other is um, a, a professional in with a child of her own in Philadelphia. And she really worked hard and sacrificed to raise her two children. Yeah. And now she's a pharmacy tech. And it was just a wonderful experience to I know that cleaning out yeah. your closet truly does help. Yeah. One of our newest um, charities that we have partnered with this year is Susan G. Komen. Mm. And we had we basically have made a donation for every lease that we signed in the month of October that we were going to make a donation on behalf of that resident. And we have we participated in um, Philly Lights for the Fight. So our building down at Ninth and Chestnut, the Franklin, we changed all the exterior lighting to pink. Because that basically that we're in support of the thousands of of, of breast cancer survivors in in the area. Yeah. So we were thrilled. The it was people would be coming into the lobby and saying, "We love the fact that you're lit up pink." Yeah. So and it just it was it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I wanted to share a quote um, before the end of the show. Um, you said you have to work hard in order to put yourself in a position to get lucky. That's correct. Many. People say that if you love what you do, you never have to work a day in your life. So tell That's me true where, too. right? <laughs> it really is. It really depends on the day. I'm right. It, does. it depends on the day. It does. I mean, the reality is, and you have to be realistic. Not every day is going to be great. But if you show up and work hard and you deal with adversity, you know, the, the term grit, like you have to show up. What's your mantra for really? There's those mm-hmm. moments because you're human yeah. when you're second guessing, maybe not feeling that confident yes. self. What is your go to? A message to yourself to it to, really is just that this that. this will pass just deal with the deal with the adversity deal with the challenge in front of you head on and clearly communicate i believe so much in being honest and being transparent not being afraid to say not i don't being know afraid not being afraid to say you don't know i am the first and i encourage everyone that that we i work with that if you don't know it it's okay we'll figure it out together yeah that where do it, you see yourself going 
from here? Do you have some goals, aspirations uh, within the company? I mean, it's absolutely. I I feel so lucky to be part of the Corman family for the last 27 years. And I take it very personally that I want to help to continue to help the Corman family grow their legacy from a charitable perspective and also, too, from a business perspective. We want to add new properties to our portfolio. One of the um, responsibilities that I have is working with AV and new developments. So continue. Is there not, is there not a property in London? Am I, we do. The yeah, AKA brand. so you're brand. really global yeah, now. Yeah, the AKA brand has, yes. a, has a small property in the Marleybone area of That's London. exciting. Yeah, That's so I exciting. consider myself very lucky to be part of the Corman family because they are a wonderful family in every way. Yeah, it's a great, yours is a great story and so is theirs. So um, I thank you so much for coming thank in you. and sharing it, it with me. It was wonderful. That's it, everyone, you. for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much to my sponsors and contributors for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.